it's a Wednesday. That means it's supernatural news and parish air right here on the big program. We call it Darkness Radio. I'm your host, Tim Dennis. In with us, of course, we got to have a co-host. We have the co-host with the most, the BCB, the big cuddly bear himself, Beer City, a bruiser. How you doing, bruiser? I'm doing good. Hello, world. I hope everyone's doing well today. I'm tired. You know Aww. how it is. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I know how it is. I, I woke I'm, back, up. I'm back to the grind, and, and I guess got to get used to being back to the grind. That's that's exactly what it is. You just got to get back into the swing of things, buddy. It's it's one of them things. Um, yeah. I do want to start off on a little bit of a little sad note, and then we'll we'll okay. pick it up from there. Um, quite a few people on our social media had sent out uh, prayers and thoughts and energy for uh, Jewel Carter, a good friend of mine. I, she's she's like a second mama to me. Um. Unfortunately, Jewel passed away last night, which would have been Monday night as we taped this. Uh, she had fallen and she had broken her skull. And she had bruised both her frontal lobes. Uh, Jewel had a tough time of it after that. Um, but I know I hadn't updated people because I, I, I didn't want it to seem real dire. We were really hoping that she was going to hang in there. Uh, she had had some swelling and bruising in the frontal lobes. The Bleeding had staved off for a day or two. It had come back, and then they put a drain in, and uh, they had sedated her after they put the drain in. After that drain had been put in, and they removed the drain, uh, after that sedation, she never woke up. Okay. And well, she went, at least she went peacefully. She did, and then it, it came to a point where they put her into hospice, uh, hope, okay. hoping that some things would happen. Jewel fought for a long Long time, there were some signs that maybe she might be, you know, she was still responding to outside stimuli. Right. Uh, but they did a test. She scored only four out of 15 on that test. Um, and it was at that point, the doctors had asked if they could pull her oxygen. And when they did, she only lived for a few minutes. So, so. Are you, do you want to be hooked up to machines? Is that what ever happened to you? I don't know. You know that it's such a it's, like, it's a hard conversation to have. And I recently just had it with Papa Bruiser. Yeah. Um, Papa Bruiser's last hospital stay. He he didn't think he was gonna make it. He uh he was just you know, and this was a while ago. And mm -hmm. uh, he we had had that long hard conversation, which I'm sure every you and I have had it with our parents. Every listener out there's probably had it where it's like, okay, you're you, I'm switching you to medical power of attorney. Okay. Um, Mrs. Bruiser was that for her father. So when her father passed away, she's the one that had to say, hey, you know, stop what you're doing. And uh, my, my Papa Bruiser's like, I don't want, if I'm gone, I don't want one machine hooked up to me. Just let me go. Okay. And, and he knows that my mother and my brother and sister couldn't do that. And it's just, that's a hard conversation to have, but it's one that you have to have. You know, so I feel for your your buddy. Yeah, that's that's yeah. not an easy decision. You know what was really cool was Max. Max had his wits about him the entire time, and and Max's dad went quite a few years ago uh, with a heart ailment, and he he's really deep in his faith and knew that you know he even said it himself. Uh, you know, Daddy needed Mama more than I did, and 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 just was reserved to the fact that she was 
in pain. You know, they had yeah. to, they, they had to administer morphine the entire time she was here. Her body, at least her body was here uh, because she was in that much pain. So he really was mature about the whole process. I admire people like that yeah. real strong in their faith. And, and um, I find it inspirational. Um, chicken, Mark Briscoe, he was that way. Yeah. With when when Jamin passed away, same with with Mama and Papa Briscoe, yeah. And I just I find that so inspirational, and I hope that if it ever comes to be my time where I have to be in the position they are in, I could be that strong. And yeah. and you know what I mean? Because like they're still grieving. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to take away the fact. I'm not trying to make him sound like a monster. You no, know what I mean? No, they no, still no. grieve. Right. Right. But enable to make good decisions and not rely on outside stimuli to feel good you know what i mean not to go yes. down that dark path that yeah. a lot of people go down you well, know and that that is part of that decision is is you know there's there's two sides to this and and let's just talk frank for a moment there's two sides to this one is spiritual fear you know mm-hmm. if i disconnect this person is there really anything on that other side am i am i snuffing them out for good and that that's a real concern yeah. To, to some people, because some people who do not have faith that there is anything on that other side, you're terminally ending a life. That right. that that's it. And I know that's an oxymoron. Terminally ending a life. I get it, folks. <laughs> you don't have to email me. Um, but I mean, that's forever, forever. You're done to some people. To yeah. others who do have a strong base of faith, that's that's not the end. It's just a transition. Yeah, and to them, it's okay. You know, it's 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 not as bad as you would think it would be. In fact, it's a mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's those in the middle that go, well, but I'm you know I've I'm having a hard time because physically that person's not going to be with me anymore, and I feel like if I have just a few more moments, but you have a few more moments of what. Exactly. And, and and that middle ground is also this. This also exists in that middle ground bruiser. And, and I've seen it for myself. I've been a part of it myself. There's also the chance of a small miracle. And I, I, he, I feel the eyes rolling right now on some people in the audience. But I've been a part of that miracle at one time. You know, I just last week, one of my classmates that I graduated with, died from complications of sepsis. Okay. I've had sepsis and lived. And, and it's, right. a, it's a crapshoot. Sepsis kills a little over 50% of its, its patients. Right. So I got away with it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. my, my classmate didn't. Yeah. So you have to, you have to say to yourself, well, what made me luckier than her? See, but if you start thinking that way, you're going to well, no, have survivor's no, no. guilt. But no, no, no. There's, I, 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 there's no guilt there. There's no guilt there. But because I, I had damn good doctors. I, yeah. I really did. I had damn good nurses. But I, you know, I, I can also say to myself, well, maybe it wasn't my time. Maybe I had things to do. It's not that she didn't, you know, because she had a family. And, mm-hmm. and she had things to do as well. But... The, the, the fact of the matter remains is you have to also ask yourself that question. So that, that question is there. 
there's that middle ground is what I'm saying with, with people when it comes to time to make that decision. Is there the chance? Yeah. And do I take that chance? Maybe, just maybe, if I wait another day or two, something could turn around. Now, the doctors will tell you what the odds are. And like Han Solo says, never tell me the odds, right? Yeah, and they're, they're going off the scientific. They don't go off faith. They go off scientific right. evidence. Right. Unfortunately for Mama, she went off the oxygen and that was it. But, but Max did tell me, well, her breathing is so labored right now, even with the oxygen. And when you say that to somebody you know. I mean, yeah. I knew when he said, well, her breathing is late, so labored right now. And even when she was on the oxygen, I said to intern Yoko, I give her 48 hours the minute they pull oxygen. I, I just, you got you you know, to look at, too, how much damage was done to her brain that if she did pull through. Oh, she wouldn't. Have, what, yeah. what would she be like after? Her quality you know of what life I mean? would have been nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I've met people that have had traumatic brain and and they pulled through and they're just a different person. Yeah. You know, and that's that's just, that's how the brain works. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I would think life for Max would have been traumatic. Can you can you imagine being and he's such a loving son. He he a, a doting son. He uh, if you're a, a mother out there and you you couldn't wish for a better son than Max. You just couldn't. He yeah. he, he takes such good care of her. He sees there for her in in every sense of the word. Um but to be there standing there and your own mother doesn't recognize you from minute to minute. Oh, uh, yeah, it, I saw what it did when my great grandfather had dementia really bad. Yeah. And and the family would go visit and he he knew he knew my mom, but out of the whole family, that's the only person he knew. Yeah. And I could see in my grandmother, who was his daughter, I could see it in her face that that was just tearing her up inside. It is. And for anybody, any family that suffers, has someone who suffers from dementia or Alzheimer's, it's it's torture. It, yeah. It's absolute torture. So yeah. I don't wish that on anyone. Um, so I, I don't think, and as especially close as they were, I, I, I don't think he, I think it would have just absolutely tore him up inside. Oh, yeah. So... There's never such a thing as a good death. No. You know, it, it, I've had this discussion with my, my children because, you know, there's that time when you lose a family member or one of their friends lose a family member and you have to have the death talk with your kids. You know, everyone worries about having a sex talk with your kids. Try and have a death <laughs> talk with your yeah. kids. That's even worse because yeah. you have to explain to them what death is. But I, I've explained to them, I go, there, there's, there's no good way of death either if it's quick it's still death if it's prolonged it's still death it's still loss and i said to them what you have to learn is learn how to grieve yes and you need to learn how to take care of yourself while you're grieving and you need to learn how to celebrate the person that has left us yes and and when my father-in-law passed away that was their first major hit to all of them my son was they were best friends they were two peas in a pod and to this day it still affects my son, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. my son still, when he makes decisions, thinks what would Bubba think, you know, and he, in fact, I was just talking to him the other day and uh, he had said, dad, I just, I, I didn't know grieving would be so hard. He's like, I still have moments. And I told him, I said, you're always going to have those moments because you're always going to have memories. Your memories don't go away. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. A smell will come into the room or a song will come on the radio or you'll visit a place and that 
memory gets triggered and for a second there you have that sadness because that person's not there yeah i said just as long as you keep doing what you're doing and be strong you're going to be fine and celebrate his life and tell the stories about them and 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 tell the world how great they were yeah yep so today's show we'll dedicate to jewel we'll have some fun because she loved to laugh boy did she love to laugh <laughs> she was she was uh she was a character so uh, we're gonna have some fun for Jewel today, and and Jewel was, uh, for for years and years and years, she was uh, she was a school lunch lady there in in Arkansas, and she loved her kids, and she loved the people that uh, in her community, and she was full of life. So we're gonna have some fun today, that's for sure. So, so Adam Sandler wrote a song about her, huh? Yes, he did. That was that was her. He wrote the song <laughs> we'll start about. So. Fun now. <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, the only thing I'm really sad about is she didn't get to enjoy her her uh, retirement. She just retired last year. So, oh, yeah. I wish that's I, the worst. I wish we would have got her up here to Minneapolis, and we would have got her out for that steak dinner, and took her out on the town, and and went shopping and stuff like that. Never got to do that. So, but you know. Uh, but she's reunited now with her husband, which is, I think, uh, probably for the best. So they were soulmates for a reason. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. Now they get to spend eternity together. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Bruiser, we got a show today, buddy. Uh, That's what you were saying off air. Said we got a pack show, huh? We have a pack show. You know, we're going to dig into the the congressional hearings from last week. I know uh, we they took place after we had already taped last week. Yeah. Uh, and explosive hearings they were last week. Some things were said that got swept under the rug. Some things about, and, and a lot of things that UFO, you know, some people, I've, some people came out last week. I'm going to jump around a little bit here. In my mind, I want to go in 14 different directions here. So I'm going to try <laughs> and streamline my thoughts real quick. There were some things that were said in these hearings, and, and you can read the transcripts online, that you have some people out in the, paranormal field right now we're going oh i said that 14 years ago yeah right there's always the oh i told you so i knew that yeah then you have people going wait a minute oh what did they say <laughs> and it's the general public that are going oh wait a minute oh what did they say yeah and then there's some new stuff that's coming out that's like holy shnikes really and it yeah. just happened just when there was one thing in the transcript, and, and I, I think I had told you about it the other day. Um, a giant red cube, I think it was the size of a football field, and it was just a year or two ago, hovered over a military base. Yep. And wasn't included in the congressional record up until <laughs> last week. Which blows my mind because it was the size of a football field. Right. <laughs> like, how do you miss that? <laughs> Didn't get reported on the news. Uh, right. Nobody was scrambled to DEFCON anything. No. But it just sat over a military base. Yep. And now we're hearing about it. And that's now, and now everybody's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. What, <laughs> what happened? And in, in most countries... That's a that's the hugest alarm. I know bad English, Tim. Biggest alarm you can get because that's that's almost an act of war. When I was at training last night, training the future of of professional uh, underwater needlepoint, mm -hmm. um, one of the students came up and goes, "Bruiser, you're you're you do that paranormal podcast here and the paranormal stuff. Did you hear about that?" 
that giant cube over the base? I said, yeah, it happened a year ago. We we kind of reported on it already. He went, wait, what, a year ago? I go, yeah. I go, that's old <laughs> yeah. news, man. Yeah. He goes, wait, this thing's been around for a year and we're just now hearing about it? I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the fear in his eyes. <laughs> yeah. There, you know, and the thing that the media is stuck on right now is the non-human entities that have been recovered from these crash retrievals. They keep sitting on that non-human entities. That, that, and, and this is why, Bruiser, and I maintain this, I've heard this so much from different friends and Facebook friends and social media friends and even people in the general public who go, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Well, I, I knew that. Well, I'm ready for it. You are not ready. <laughs> you are not ready. And this is the scenario I bring up every single time, Bruiser. You're ready until something 10 feet tall is standing in front of you and it's angry. And it, exactly. wants, its, and it wants its bodies back. And it's ready to eviscerate you from head to tail. Look at the fear in those guys in Las Vegas. With that nine one one call, yeah, <laughs> you know, and and they were they were they sounded like pretty cool cats, but now it's ten feet tall and it's five feet away from them, <laughs> and now all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> it's landed in your backyard playing with your backhoe, and, and now it, you want you want the military out there, exactly, yeah, give, just give them their bodies back. Yep. <laughs> they, they, I don't want them to be in my yard anymore. Yeah, you're not ready. Nobody's ready. <laughs> that's that's the thing and and i i just i laugh when people are like oh yeah i go up and shake hands with them have a beer with them i talk to them no you wouldn't you would no. crap yourself nope and i would i would find a bush to hide in and stare at them from a distance i'd be that creepy guy staring around the tree like oh yeah wonder what they're doing yeah and well, if they look at me i just duck right away like oh nope didn't see me most people would here. And, yeah. and that's that's the fight or flight response. You're either going to pull out a beer and a shotgun and start firing or and that's that's probably why we don't interact with them very much. Right. Or you're going to just hide behind something and you're going to observe. Yep. You're not doing anything. That's that's no. that's the thing about it. So no, you're doing what those guys did. You're going to call 911 and and get an official out here that's <laughs> to, right to take care of it that's that's right well that congressional hearing on ufos was held last wednesday uh, by the republican-led house oversight committee and it's the third such hearing to be held in just 18 months the hearing is only the third of its kind to be held in the last 50 years think about that yeah the third in 50 years prior to the most recent hearings held in consecutive years no open congressional hearings on the ufo phenomena has been held since the days of project blue book a government study on ufos that ran from 1952 to 1969 three witnesses were interviewed by the committee including government insider 36 year old david charles grush who said i was informed in on the rather in the course of my official duties of a multi-decade uap crash retrieval and reverse engineering program to which i was denied access grush is a decorated former combat officer in afghanistan 
and is a veteran of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, or NGA, and the National Reconnaissance Office, or NRO, and served as the Reconnaissance Office's representative to the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force from 2019 to 2021, and then from late 2021 to July of 2022, he was the NGA's co-lead for UAP analysis and its representatives to the task force. The UAPTF was later replaced by by Arrow, which is conducting those meetings. Arrow is short for All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. UAP is the current government nomenclature for UFO, by the way, so you don't get messed up why we're right. talking about this. I'm sorry. What I, what I love about his comment there mm-hmm. was was when he said the reverse engineering and all that. It goes back to, is it Bob Lazar, I believe, was the yes. one that came out? And he's been telling us that for, what, 10 years now? The, the meme is all over social media with Bob <laughs> standing there saying, I was right. <laughs> yep. Uh, Grush, who has since turned whistleblower, said that information regarding the recovered craft has been illegally withheld from Congress, and he has filed a complaint alleging that he has been the victim of illegal retaliation for his confidential disclosures. He described the retaliation as very brutal. It hurt me both professionally and knowledge of people who have been harmed or injured as part of government efforts to conceal information on UFOs, and that he had feared for his life as a result. He went on to say, quote, I am hopeful that my actions will ultimately lead to a positive outcome of increased transparency. Grush told the committee that recoveries of materials up to and including intact vehicles have been made for decades and continue to be made by the U.S. government, its allies and defense contractors. Interesting. Furthermore, he said, analysis performed on these materials has determined that they are of exotic origin, in other words, non-human intelligence, whether extraterrestrial or unknown origin, based on the vehicle, the vehicle morphologies and material science testing and the possession of unique atomic arrangements and radiological signatures. Gresh also talked about the recovery of non-human entities from UFO crash retrievals. Gresh went on to say, as I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, biologics came with some of these recoveries. He added that these biologics, that's in quotes, were non-human, and that was the assessment of people with direct knowledge of the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. Rush was unwilling to go into detail on some of the previously made claims, such as U.S. government possession of a very large, like a football field kind of size craft, mentioned in an interview with News Nation, or a bell-like craft discussed with French newspaper Le Parisien, uh, citing issues of security. Instead, he told the committee that he would be willing to elaborate in private. We actually have audio that explains a little bit of this with Representative Tim Birch. We'll get into it in a second. While Grush has not seen any of the alleged alien craft or entities himself, he said his claims are based on extensive interviews with high-level intelligence officials. The Pentagon has denied Grush's claims of a cover-up. Uh, Sue Gao, who is a 
spokeswoman for Arrow said in a statement that the office has not discovered any verifiable information to substantiate claims that any programs regarding the possession or reverse engineering of extraterrestrial materials have existed in the past or exist currently. She added that the department is committed to timely and thorough reporting to Congress. Also interviewed were David Fravor, who is the former Navy commander who recalled seeing a UFO during the filming of the now infamous USS Nimitz Tic Tac encounter off the coast of California in 2004, and Ryan Graves, an FA-18 Super Hornet pilot and 10-year Navy veteran who is now retired, who claimed that UFOs were a regular occurrence off the Atlantic coast every day for at least a couple of years. And that's a quote from him. The hearing continues the interest that Congress has shown in UFOs over the past several years, beginning back in 2017 when news broke of the Pentagon's secretive UFO project, now or rather known then as the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, or AATIP. Uh, Congressman Tim Burchett, who is co-leading the congressional investigation into UFOs, told Newsweek earlier this year that he believes we have recovered a craft at some point and possible beings. Now, I have an interview here with Tim Burchett from TMZ. Okay. With some, to put it mildly, explosive information about the hearings, about David Grush, and about why they can't get more information out of Grush having to do with, uh, I'll just call it alien bodies. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll skip the non-human origin stuff. Uh, we know what it is. Yeah. Um, why they can't get information on people who have been killed as a result of the information they have. Because this okay. is one of the things Tim Burchett wants. He wants names of right. people who have been killed. Yeah. In this rather explosive audio, what we're about to play, he says why there's so much pushback and why he thinks exactly there's pushback okay and it's very interesting now keep in mind and and i'm not i'm not throwing aspersions on one party or another but tim burchett is a republican from uh, his state that that states some very alarming things he's not bought and paid for by any any committee he's not bought and paid for by any pack out there or any anybody lobbying congress and you can tell because he yeah. says some pretty inflammatory things towards the energy companies out there he oh. just wants this he just wants the truth out there he just wants it out he does, and he says some. He says some interesting things here. I'm going to play the audio, and then let's talk about it afterwards. Okay. I think you're going to find this very interesting. Here's uh, Representative Tim Burchett talking to uh, to Charles and, and and the TMZ crew about the hearings and why he couldn't get more information out of Charles Grush. Here it is. Here is what he um, uh, questioned David Grush uh, about yesterday. Has the U.S. government become aware of actual evidence of extraterrestrial, otherwise unexplained forms of intelligence? And if so, when do you think this first occurred? 
Uh, I like to use the term non-human. I don't like to denote origin. Keeps the aperture open, both scientifically. Right. Uh, uh, certainly, uh, like I've discussed publicly uh, previously, 1930s. Do you have any personal knowledge of people who have been harmed or injured in efforts to cover up or conceal these extraterrestrial technology? Yes. Personally. Have you heard, have anyone been murdered that you would think, that you know of or have heard of, I guess? I have to be careful asking that question. I directed people with that knowledge to the appropriate authorities. So, look, this is a seismic development, the fact that this question was asked and answered that way. Right. So, uh, so without further ado, let's bring in uh, Congressman Burchett. Uh, welcome to TMZ Live. Hey, thank you. I'm a big fan, and this is a big honor for me. Oh, thank well, you for joining us. Likewise, Freddie. you were questioning an intelligence officer who said that there were non-human made aircraft that crashed on Earth. There were pilots of that aircraft that were recovered. And sure. then you asked if there was any evidence of anybody who knew about this who might have been harmed or even murdered. And you now say that you had already spoken with him and you knew the answer to that. I have two questions for you. Number one, do you have evidence the, of somebody or people being murdered who were potential whistleblowers. And my second question is, that intelligence officer clearly was saying, I want to tell you guys, yeah. I'll lead you to the right authorities. Is Congress pursuing that? So I have two questions. One, do you have that evidence regarding murders? And two, is Congress following up to, to investigate that very right. thing that the intelligence officer said? Those two things are tied together. If you noticed, he said in some of his answers, I cannot tell you in this setting. So what that has to what he's saying is we have to go to the skiff, which is a um, basically a lead lined room. You can't take a cell phone in, and you get briefed on top secret stuff. And so we have to get him in the skiff so he can tell us that stuff. He is a very much by the rules guy, and I don't want to violate any, I don't want to get him in trouble or me in trouble. Now, here's the rub. We tried to get in a skiff with David Grush, and we were told no, because he does not have security clearance, which is bogus. So we're making an official request to Speaker McCarthy, who's been very kind, who I went to to say, I want to have this hearing. And he's the one that, that green-lighted it, Chairman Comer. And that's why we ended up having this meeting. So those two are tied together. And it's just, it, it's, it's, it's like whack-a-mole, man. You hit that thing and another one pops up. So we're trying to get that. We've, we've got a letter going to the speaker. Several, it's a bipartisan issue. Myself, Matt Gates, um, uh, Representative Luna, uh, Jared Moskowitz, Democrat. I'm a Republican. We're, we're, this is a bipartisan issue. And, I, um, and so we're trying to get started to get down that road and we'll get him in the skiff and we're going to ask those questions because he knows literally where the bodies are, but he also knows where the craft are. So you would, I mean, honestly, if you, if you got a craft from outer space and it crashes here, something had to be driving it. So, or steering it or what have you. So I, I think we've got a, it's a multifaceted answer. Congressman, since you started talking about this, you have been contacted by a lot of people. Is it fair to say that you have been, that you have gotten feedback or recon on this issue 
from people. Why don't you ask me this? Have, have I seen Have I seen stuff that you would not believe? <laughs> well, yes, uh, yes. All yes. right, that that's a yes. Fair and, I, and I'll even go farther and tell you this: I went uh, myself, Matt Gates, and Representative Luna went down to Eglin Air Force Base. We were told we were going to get to interview some of these uh, pilots and see pictures of a craft. They literally said they had color pictures, video, of this other stuff. We got down there. In the skiff. Did you see the pictures? I have, yes, sir. But what, not, can, not, can you, not the color, not the ones, not the ones we were promised. I'll tell you that. Hmm. They, um, and I'll tell you this, and and Representative Gates had already said this publicly. Matt said this that these are nothing that any of our adversaries or or friends have, and we didn't have it. So it, it had to be something from from out of that realm. Fair to say that other, besides the people who we saw testify yesterday, have you been in contact with other people within the government who have shared information about this issue? 100%, and most of them are out of the government now, so. Um, okay. You know, and I've had, I've actually had congressmen tell me that they've had sightings before. They were afraid of, um, some of them are very, you know, they're, they're very respected, high-ranking high members of Congress have told me and they wanted to remain anonymous and I can respect that. Um, I've never seen anything. I've never seen anything that I couldn't describe or, you know, that would be uh, identifiable, unidentifiable, but yeah. And it's get we're getting close to the target because that's why they're that's why they're firing at us, brother. They put up right. every obstacle you can imagine. Why? I mean, are they, what are they afraid of? I believe because it's an energy source that would that would put a lot of billionaires out of work. It shows no heat trail. So you gotta, you don't have to be too big of a conspiracy theory to think if they have that kind of capabilities and that amount of energy, what that would do to this world. We wouldn't be in these, these worthless wars overseas fighting for oil. We wouldn't have to worry about poor people freezing in the winter or burning up in the summer. We, we could save our environment. We wouldn't have to dig anything out of the ground. We would have this energy source, and it would put the big boys out of business. So you don't have to you don't have, you don't have to use too much deduction to realize that they don't want this technology out, and they want to control it. We don't need to be over in the Middle East and all these other places fighting these wars. Let's protect our own country. We can get that energy right here, and this would be and the technology too. But but you got to realize. If somebody can travel light years at these speeds that we can't even, I mean, the pilot said, this is nothing we have. This is nothing we have. And it's not us because why would we have 14 documented near misses on our, with a $50 million aircraft and a, and a pilot, a, a very, you know, a very intelligent man or woman flying one of those $50 million aircraft. It, it's ridiculous. But the energy source is, is the real money. Hmm. And it's about, right. it's about power. It's about corruption. It's about money. It's about the sea, and that's what defines Washington, D.C., both parties. No argument there. Uh, Congressman, thank you so much, thank Congressman. You for that coming from a representative. Yeah, he said a couple things that I really like, like the one where he said uh, he would only do that because he knows where the bodies are and where the crafts are, and then the reason they're not going to come out so publicly with it is because it's a new energy source. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, think about it. A lot of the people that are in 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 Congress or in you know the, the what is it the one percent or whatever it is are oil barons or energy barons or, or they're in big energy. Yeah, 
Yeah. And and you're digging into their bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said at the end, it comes down to money and power. Yep. That that takes some balls. And and I'm impressed that it came from a Republican representative. Yeah. That that's what impresses me most of all. Yeah. That all came from the right side of the aisle. Yeah, he held nothing back in that interview, which was great. I mean, he held some things back. You know, he didn't throw anybody under the bus, but no. In the same sense, he threw everybody under the bus. He did. <laughs> you know what I mean? He like, took, yeah, he took both sides of the aisle and threw them under the bus. Yeah. 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 He I'm didn't impressed. Specifically named some, but he named every threw everybody, and and it'll be interesting to see what comes because of that. Because I've always wondered, and, and Mrs. Bruiser asked me last night after we were watching um, the news and they covered the, the UFO hearings and stuff like that. And she was just asking questions and she goes, how come the three guys that were in front of Congress, she goes, how come they're still alive if they know so much? And I go, that's why they're coming public. Because now, now if they, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and she goes, oh, I never thought about that. I go, they know. You know. She goes, but don't they know too much? I go, yeah, but they're in the public now. Now if they all of a sudden go missing, you know, I go, think about how many people wanted to come forward but couldn't. And that's why when he said they know where the bodies are, <laughs> I was like, okay, yep. Well, they're they're safe for now. For now, yeah, correct. Yeah. The, well, they're in the public eye for right now. Yeah, yeah. When there's such a thing as is fading back into obscurity, and and that's the thing that Charles Grush takes a chance at. Yeah, it's it's when you it's when you start to fade out of the public eye and people forget, and people do have short memories. Yes, um, no one's going to ask three to five years from now where Charles Grush is. No, you know, well, unless he's somehow relevant still. Well, see, you get one chance to be relevant. And, yeah. and again, I use the name Bob Lazar. Exactly. Yeah. You know, he was the one who was relevant, who came forward and said, yeah, I've been working on this stuff with the government for years. He was the first, as far yeah. as I know. Uh, but the most relevant because he kept himself out there the longest. And, and he's still out there. He's, he's still yeah, doing stuff. He's still out there. Uh, a little bit quieter, but still out there. Yeah. Then after Bob, hmm. You know, David Grush isn't coming out and saying anything new. He's coming out and saying it different. In that he is the first that is supposedly beyond reproach and working inside the government. Okay. But it's hearsay because he hasn't said he hasn't seen it for himself. Correct. And he's said that publicly. Yeah. So but but he's now he's sitting in front of Congress. Now there's hearings. So he's gone one step further than Bob Lazar. So that's his claim to fame. Do he, you think Congress will bring Bob Lazar in to get in front of them? No. Which be, is, with, with as much noise as he's made in the past. No, because there are some things there that Congress can shoot holes in. So okay. I, I don't think Bob makes it to Congress. Okay. Um. But there are others that could be called eventually. I, okay. I, I, I don't know. It depends on how, you know, this is where it gets so twisted, Bruiser. 
we've talked about it in the past and I'll just re- I'll just recap it very briefly and then we'll move on. Um it comes down to this. And I think Representative Burchett put it perfectly. Although he hinted at it. You've got Washington insiders and you've got the people who are elected to to office. You've got the career men and you've got the ones who come in, serve, and leave. The ones who come in, serve, and leave are on the outside. As far as I'm concerned, even Representative Burchett is an outsider. He's going to, pardon my language, kick up some shit and leave. (laughs) And the people on the inside know that. They know it's just a matter of waiting out these people in Congress right now. Okay. So if you guys think that there's going to, you know, the whole apple turds, uh, apple cart is going to be overturned. I almost said apple turd. Uh, the whole apple cart is going to be overturned, and it's all going to blow up, and we're all going to find out all this stuff, and the, in the entire American public's appetite is going to be satiated over UAPs, and we're going to find it all out, and it's, it's going to be a happy day in America. I, you're sadly mistaken. Yeah, they're not going to let us know everything. If you get to know a quarter of it, I'd be shocked. Yeah, I agree. You'll get enough just to whet your appetite, and then it all goes back in the box again. It'll be enough just to say, yeah, you'll get, you know, you'll get patted on the head, and uh, that's okay, Billy. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. There's some stuff out there. And now, Basically, if you're the way you can put it in layman's terms is you're hungry for a full candy bar, but they're only going to give you a fun size. That's right. Yeah, you get and, the, it's enough to wet your whistle. That's right. You get the fun size Snickers, and then you could you can go home. Yep. There's an article because of time's sake that I'm going to post on the description of today's show, and what it is is it's about what the what the hearings are actually all about the article says are aliens aren't visiting earth is this what the government hearings are all about are the hearings actually to put us in a false sense of security okay um and it it takes an an interesting angle or slight to this in other words it's saying well these things are crashing on earth but they're not really visiting us, right? It's I think to kind of give us that false sense that nice, of security. That nice cozy blanket. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, because we're not getting, you know, that these these guys are landing and making agreements with us or they're landing and, and attacking us or, you know, we're not getting the full story for a reason. We're getting it up to a certain point. Because notice they haven't even touched abductions yet. Right. And they you know what I mean? And yeah. that's a big big part of the UAPs in, in discussion. Right. And and I don't think we will get that. Um, I don't think so either. That's no. that's part of the big Snickers bar. That's not part of the fun size. Right. So I, I don't think we're, we're getting that part of it. I think it's too scary for the American public to deal into that. And once you deal in that, it's a whole can of worms. Yep. And if... Because it goes, it goes from admitting people have been abducted and then the American public going, well, how are you protecting us from that? Right. And then the the culpability, the uh, 
the responsibility of keeping the American public safe goes back on the government again. And then all of a sudden the defense department's overwhelmed because then they didn't do their job to keep us safe. Yep. And then that, that uh, when we had, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of our guest on who came on and, and talked about the, um, about Eisenhower and then talked about uh, Jackie Gleason and, and Nixon. Then you start talking about, well, or not Eisenhower, was it Truman? Truman or Eisenhower? I'm trying to remember which president it was. Um, but the, the, the president who made, supposedly made the uh, deal with the, the aliens. Yeah. Uh, then you're talking about a president that willingly make, negotiates with, a, with an alien and makes a pact for them to supposedly do whatever they wanted. Right. Just because he's overwhelmed. Exactly. You know, uh, things that, things that all of a sudden don't make sense that we're still holding up that end of the bargain, you know, 70, 80 years later. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense either. So, Nope. Yeah. There's a, there's a whole thing to unravel here that I don't think Congress wants to do. So there, it, it'll there, be an interesting next couple of months. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the thing that's going to stop these hearings is going to be a presidential election. When we get into election season, these hearings are going to stop. Yeah, because you want to focus then on the candidates and not on the actual issue. It's like every election. Whenever there's a major issue, all the issues get put aside because here are all your candidates. You need to do all your research on all these candidates, and they're going to tell you how great they are and all that. Yeah, and no, no presidents running on UFOs. That's just <laughs> no, no. There's no one going. No. I'm your green friendly president. I will, I will share all the conspiracy theories and everything if you elect me president. Even though that is a good way to get elected president. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It'll go completely on the back burner. Everything will focus on economy and foreign countries and and things like that so you you won't you won't hear anything about this when when we start getting into the election cycle so yeah it'll go away uh speaking of going away uh it looks like that evidence that avi Loeb found at the bottom of the ocean may be going away soon (laughs) really he lost it already huh? no 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 he still (laughs) has it but scientists are disputing it left and right that uh professor Loeb's uh claims that he found alien technology are just bunk. That's what they're saying. Last month, controversial theoretical uh, physicist Avi Loeb made headlines yet again when he claimed that these tiny spherules or or spherical objects that he found uh, that he recovered from the bottom of the Pacific Ocean were likely alien in origin. In an interview with the New York Times, Loeb stated that they are most likely a technological gadget with artificial intelligence. Now, several scientists have challenged Loeb's assertions with some accusing him of being, well, unscientific. (laughs) He does jump the gun a lot. Sometimes, yes. Yeah, when he's excited, he likes to throw it out there. Yeah. Loeb's latest discovery was found by a $1.5 million expedition he led from Papua New Guinea, uh, to search for fragments of a meteor called IM-1 at a depth of one mile on the floor of the Pacific Ocean. The Harvard professor, who famously suggested the Umumua 
interstellar object observed in 2017 was an alien spacecraft rather than a cigar-shaped space rock targeted IM-1 because he believed it was likely an interstellar object. This is down to two principal reasons. Firstly, IM-1 crashed into the Pacific at an incredible speed. And secondly, Loeb and his team performed an initial analysis on the space rock, showing it was tougher than all other 272 meteors in NASA's Center for Near-Earth Object Studies catalog. Last month, Loeb's team dragged a magnetic sled beneath their expedition boat to collect metal from the ocean. Uh, They collected numerous tiny spherical objects called spherules, which initial analysis showed that tiny balls, (laughs) tiny balls, uh, were composed of an unusual combination of iron, magnesium, and titanium. Uh, Loeb wrote in a Medium post shortly afterwards that this composition is anomalous compared to human-made alloys, known asteroids, and familiar astrophysical sources. In a later post, he wrote that their discovery opens a new frontier in astronomy where what lay outside the solar system is studied through a microscope rather than a telescope. In In an interview with CBS News, he went on to state that the fact that IM-1 was made of materials tougher than even iron meteorites and moving faster than 95% of all stars in the vicinity of the sun suggested potentially it could be a spacecraft from another civilization or some technological gadget. Now, though, a number of scientists have countered Loeb's claims. The New York Times piece, for example, points out that Steve Desch, an astrophysicist at Arizona State University, great partying school for scientists, by the way, (laughs) uh, explained that the meteorite would have been completely incinerated entering at Earth's atmosphere if it was traveling at the speed that Loeb claims. Desch went as far as saying that Loeb's comments constitute a real breakdown of the peer review process and the scientific method, and it's so demoralizing and tiring. Oh, he's just tired of the whole thing. He is. He's just done with it. Mm Mm-hmm. Pete Brown, a meteor physicist at Western University in Ontario, concurred suggesting that Loeb shouldn't make such bold proclamations during the early analysis phase. It's not uncommon for detected events to appear interstellar, at first only to be chalked up to a measurement error. When you are talking about tiny balls, you want to make sure that your measurements are, you know, on point. (laughs) You want to get every inch you can. That's right. Uh, Irrespective of... Loeb's early assertions and the ongoing debate, the Harvard professor has sent spherule samples to Harvard University. In other words, check out my balls. The (laughs) University of California, Berkeley, and the Bruker Corporation in Germany for more in-depth analysis. Ultimately, much like those arguing against his claims, Loeb will hope that it's science that does the real talking. So there you go. Make his balls talk, science. Make his balls talk. <laughs> Grab him by the balls and make him talk. That's right. That's that's how you get that job done. Uh, let's see here. We got a, about, I think, two more stories here before we go to break. I know it's been okay. a, a longer first segment, but we're into the UFO thing, so we're, we're sliding on by with this here today. Um, we're going to talk here about a U.S. soldier. Uh, who says about alien technology, a heavy stone slab hovered in the air, talking about the experience that he had on base. A former U.S. military 
or former U.S. military, D.C. Long, claims that the men in black made an attempt on his life to prevent him from talking about U.S. government ties to extraterrestrial forces. According to Long, when he served in the Army, he once got into a secret hangar and saw a strange anti-gravity experiment there. It looked like a monolithic stone slab, six meters long, which effortlessly hovered in the air on its own. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Uh, According to Long, in order to keep him silent about what he saw, he was... He was tried to, it doesn't make sense, he was tried to be intimidated by both current and former military personnel associated with the secret project. And he says that once he was attacked, he was once attacked while skydiving because of which he almost died. The sentence is... That's a weird sentence. How do you get attacked skydiving? I suppose somebody jumps up from above you. I'm going to say, like, that's okay. That's some James (laughs) Bond stuff right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, attacked was Well, so is hovering cement blocks. <laughs> I guess, right? Uh, following David Grush's sensational claims, Long contacted ufologist Sean Ryan and told him about what he saw while he was serving with the 18th Airborne Headquarters at Fort Bragg in North California. Uh, during his service, Long traveled to North Carolina to help his father, who was a military contractor, was hired by the authorities to build a building where soldiers were trained in the use of weapons. When he arrived there, he was led by soldiers, local soldiers, to the development site, passing through the secret hangar Range 19. There, Long became an accidental witness or eyewitness to a strange anti-gravity experiment with heavy stone slabs. I saw this giant monolithic slab just standing there, he went on to say. At first, it didn't cause any alarm. I didn't attach much importance to it. But the closer we got to it, the better I could feel its intense vibration. Hey, now. Uh, He saw that this monolithic huge slab hung silently in the air with no visible means of support. And he felt a powerful energy emanating from it okay it says here from her but i i will say it i don't think it has a gender assignment it's not a female concrete slab right uh it was like being in a concert he went on to say standing next to one of the speakers penetrating your body but without the noise the soldiers led long through the hangar uh, very quickly and soon he was at the construction site where he met his father he was taken back about half hour later by the same route, and when they walked through the hangar again, Long now saw three slabs there already. Uh, next to the first, there were two more of the same size. Long saw how these heavy-looking slabs were carried away without the use of special construction equipment, as if they weighed almost nothing. The very next day, after Long observed the floating stone, His father's offices were looted, and his company went out of business. Long and his father were also or were always close, uh, but their relationship became very strained after that. When Long asked his father, "Do you think this has anything to do with the Range 19 hangar?" Long replied sharply, "Never effing mention that name to me again." Oh wow! Yeah. And that was the last time I was face to face with my father. Long said tearfully. Long's father soon died of a sudden onset of aggressive cancer, and then Long had his own chilling encounter with death. During a practice parachute jump, oh, here we go. This is how you get attacked by uh, skydivers, I guess. 
Uh, Long suddenly noticed that one of the people he had seen in range 19 was among the other skydivers in the same plane with them. And when Long was already preparing to jump, this man came close to him. He winked at me, and as soon as the signal to jump was given, I felt his arm go down. I felt something hit me in the face, and it was like a static shock. This person then jumped from the plane, twisting my neck along the way. Okay. Right? Long lay in a coma for a month, and when he woke up, he was recognized as disabled and dismissed from the Army. For a long time, he remained silent about the experience, but then changed his mind. I can deal with the loss of my military career. I'm fine with that. I didn't think I'd be doing this forever, but I won't have people in this country just giving away their freedom and thinking the government is doing them a favor. Many other former U.S. military officers have said that they've been threatened or offered bribes to keep quiet. Stephen Greer himself claims that General Albert Stubblebine uh, personally offered him $2 billion for cooperation with the U.S. government. Oh, that's a lot of money. I Yeah, I think I'd jump on that. Yeah, but I don't think you get it. You don't I think, think so? Kill you before, I think they kill you before you get it. Hmm, maybe. On July 26, 2023, the first public UFO hearing, uh, oh, okay, said will be held in U.S. Congress. That's a recap. Uh uh, it says, we had a hell of a lot of objections to this hearing that uh, was held the other day. There are a lot of people who don't want this to be known, says Tim Burchett, Republican congressman, who we talked about earlier. So there you go. That's crazy. That I wonder if whatever the was causing the anti-gravity is what caused his father's cancer. You know what I mean? I take it a different way. You take it the government gave it to him? Yep. Okay. Yep, and that the anti-gravity um, mechanism had nothing to do with it. Okay. I think it was implanted in him as a result of um, some bad dealings with the government. Yeah. Yeah, almost like a, almost like a uh, Havana syndrome effect. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you that. One more story before we go to break here. A UFO possibly traveling under cover of a storm in upstate New York. Someone claims they saw this UFO there in upstate New York. It's small, but way too quick. <laughs> That's what she said. Uh, I've been told that many, many, many times. <laughs> That's not what the x-rays say. Um, <laughs> a, uh, a couple set out to record a thunderstorm in slow motion in hopes of catching a lightning strike, but instead they caught a mysterious dark object moving impossibly fast just under the clouds and think it could be a UFO. Uh, the stay-at-home mom has clearly read some criticisms of other potential UFO footage and goes out of her way to drop the recording stats, saying the footage was recorded in super slow motion at 960 frames per second. If that's the case, then the object was whizzing by ridiculously fast, possibly not even noticeable to the naked eye. There's no way to be certain what is seen in the footage, although it doesn't seem likely to be a plane. It was really recorded in super slow-mo. Part of the problem with civilian reports and sightings is that average citizens do not have the equipment to adequately capture evidence of weird things in the sky, unlike the military who is expected to be watching for any flying crafts in the skies. This is an, or there is an assumption, rather, that if there were really UFOs in the skies, then the people who monitor the skies professionally for their jobs would notice. It's now coming to light that many pilots and military members have been seeing things they can't explain in the skies, but nobody is formally collecting those reports, and they're 
wasn't actually an official channel to report UFOs to if or report UFOs to if one was so inclined to risk the stigma. This may be changing now in the United States as elected officials are again holding hearings and passing legislation that indicates they also think there's a chance that the government or of which they are a part is withholding information about secret programs studying aliens and their technology. So there you go. The only thing that I'm worried about was there's a storm happening and she's recording in super slow motion. How do we not know it's some sort of weather phenomenon? You know, that's a good And I question. haven't seen the video. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting that fair. out there right now. I'm, I haven't seen the video, but how do we know it couldn't be? You know, if it's moving that fast, how do we know it's not a flash of lightning or a mixture of hail and so you know what i mean like it could be something right right let me see if i can can i get this to play here let's see um i tell you what i will i will post this i will post this story on the description of the program so that you can watch it because it does link to the the let me see let me see if i can get this video back up and going again here so uh, i'll i'm just playing this in the background for bruiser you tell me if you're seeing what because she talks in the very beginning of the the video very attractive woman yeah yeah is she still talking yeah she's talking oh she's, boy. she's pointing okay she's uh still talking she's still talking huh oh well now she's like, really emphasizing stuff oh okay yeah yeah that's good yeah. Yeah. I'm pointing at us. I'm going to point back at you, lady. Let me see. Can I bring up her audio here and see what she's saying? Uh, if you want to. But, oh, it went so fast. I got that. Okay. Now are you getting... Uh, no, she's not there yet. She's still talking. Oh, she's dear. really animated while she talks, she's, too. <laughs> dear God. I figured maybe you'd get the actual video by now. Oh, here's the video. Okay. Can you describe to us what you're seeing? clouds <laughs> literally all i'm seeing is clouds just clouds there's a forest on the bottom and there's clouds in the air i don't see anything out of the usual right the tiktok symbol <laughs> uh, a little bit of lightning uh, yeah i didn't see anything i saw literally nothing on that video literally nothing huh <laughs> Yeah, it it looks like a storm. Okay, well, I, then I take it back. I won't. I won't post it then. Yeah, I don't think it's worth the. Okay. The time. All right. I'm sorry, listeners. I just it it looked like a thunderstorm. Okay. Well, Minus her animated talking in the beginning. That was entertaining. Well, <laughs> she's so go. animated. <laughs> she, she's very animated. All right. Well, then I won't waste. I won't waste our listeners' time then. There you go. All right, with that, we're going to take our break. When we come back, of course, we've got good old AI stories today. Uh, you guys, uh, you know, I, I will qualify it with this. I'm only going to casually mention the AI robot dog story because somebody sent me one from March, I think just because they wanted to try and freak me out. Um, but we'll talk a little bit about old Sparky when we come back. We've also got some other AI stories for you. Uh, we've got... I tell you, Bruiser, we've got an absolutely frightening murder story, or at least attempted murder story. In the AI section? or No, no, no. no. It, it has okay. to do with a okay. spiritual attack, though. Oh, okay. Even better. Yeah. So we've got that coming up. 
Um, we're going to talk a little bit today about, uh, how do I put this? Um, it's, it's, a, it's a scam, but it has the scammers posing as God. Oh. <laughs> okay. I, you know how, you can follow God on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know how, how you get away with that, but we'll, we'll tell you about it. It's an, interesting, it's an interesting little supernatural scam, if you will. And we're going to end the program today by telling you about the death of the world's oldest person. Oh. Yeah. It's a little bit of a sad note, but it's inspiring at the same time. So that's how we're going to wrap up the program today. It's Supernatural News and Parashare on Wednesday. Yeah, we we hit you with the aliens early because there was it was there was, it was some heavy stuff. But but we're going to lighten it up here in the second half of the program. We've got that dreaded AI coming up in just a moment. Nightmare fuel after the break <laughs> here on a Supernatural News Wednesday and Parashare. Here on The Best in Paranormal Podcasting, this is Darkness Radio. Welcome back to The Best in paranormal podcasting this is darkness radio it's a supernatural news wednesday with the cruiser and the murder it sure it wouldn't be wednesday without us i don't think no it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a wednesday that's for sure i get a lot of listeners telling us that really that it wouldn't yeah. be a wednesday without us? it wouldn't be a normal wednesday oh yeah we got listeners that are at work and on their drives and all that and I, I know you appreciate it, and so do I. Yeah, most definitely. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. I'm glad we could be a part of your day and kind of entertain you. <laughs> kind of entertain you. <laughs> want to remind you guys real quick before we launch into the second half of the program to support our sponsors, if you would. Our sponsors yes. keep keep us on on those Wednesdays so that you can keep hearing Supernatural News. Uh, just real quick, a couple of our sponsors that we want you to check out, Factor. We want you to check out Factor. Freshly made meals sent to your home, made by chefs. Mm. And they are delicious. Oh, are they delicious, Bruiser? Just real quick, Factor. If you go to uh, factormeals.com slash darkness50, you get 50% off your meals. Ooh. And this week, Bruiser, I'm just going to tease you a little bit, just real quick, because you know we love food on this oh, program. Yeah, look at us. Of course we love food. Yes, sir. Cheesy bacon ranch shredded chicken. Oh, you had me at cheesy. Yeah, I know, right? A little bit of cilantro chicken with brown rice, black beans, and some spicy corn esquite. Oh. Mm-hmm. Getting hungry. Getting Gotta hungry. Got to love that. Uh, and they have different programs as well. If you're on a keto diet, you can get yourself a keto menu. Otherwise, you can go Protein Plus. You can go Carb Smart. Uh, you can get oh, such good stuff. If you're looking to eat different uh, in in the in in the summertime, getting into fall, if you want to look if you want to look good, if you're looking to look good, getting into this last half of the year, if you just don't want to sit in front of the TV, watch football, and eat Cheetos. If you actually want to look good, start looking good by eating with Factor. Factor, again, fresh-made meals, chef-prepared, 
And man, the presentation on these is amazing. They're great meal prep meals. That's what I love. About them. They, they are, and oh, are they tasty? My God, they are. They're cra- in, the, in the in the underwater needlepoint world. The this is the place to go. Yep. And you know how those guys love their bodies. And I'll tell you, folks, they have some add-ons as well, some breakfast add-ons that'll absolutely kick you in the behind. They, tell, tell them the one that you told me off air that got us both drooling. Oh, okay. So coming up in a couple of weeks, folks, listen to this. Okay. Strawberry cobbler pancakes. <laughs> With almond oat streusel, strawberry jam, and chicken sausage. Come on! Come on! That's not that's not even playing fair. No. You know? Yeah. So again, go to factormeals.com slash darkness fifty, get fifty percent off your order. Just do Save that. Money. That's right. The other sponsor we want to tell you about, Mint Mobile. Good old Deadpool. That's right. Deadpool's saving you so much money off your phone bill. It's ridiculous. Right now, fifteen bucks a month, bruiser. And that's five G. That is crazy. Isn't it, though? And Uh, the best thing, they work off of T-Mobile Towers. So anywhere you're getting T-Mobile, you're getting service. Oh, okay. T-Mobile's everywhere. T-Mobile's everywhere. Yeah. So that's that's the deal. And how do you get Mint Mobile for 15 bucks a month? Here's how. Mint Mobile doesn't use brick-and-mortar stores. It's all online. And it's so simple. You can either get an eSIM or a regular SIM card for your phone. And okay. if you're using eSIM, I know eSIM, you just, I saw you tense up there, but it's really easy. I use the eSIM with my iPhone. Well, that's what we just switched to eSIMs and it was. It's so easy. Yeah. For me and Mrs. Bruzio, it was really easy. And then because my daughter's in a different state, it took a little bit longer, but it was still a very easy process. The only reason yep. being is that she's in a different state. So it's all over online. Yep. It's so easy, so simple. And I'll tell you what. I've been taking my my iPhone everywhere with Mint Mobile. Man, the data, the the to be able to to I watch programs on my phone everywhere. It never skips, it never stalls. And the HD quality is so good, man. Oh, I've been like on Saturday nights, I got to tell you, I, you know, we talk about the underwater needle point. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. AEW has collision on Saturday night at the worst yeah. time ever because I like to go out and do stuff on Saturday nights. Everybody does. Yeah, but I want to take a peek at my phone, see what's going on. So I take a peek at my phone. Everything is crystal clear HD. Oh, it looks so good on my iPhone, I'm telling you. So you can keep up to date. I can. I can text. I can talk. Although a lot of people don't talk on the phone these days. They think I'm weird if I call them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, texting and social media, everything, it just moves so fast right there on Mint Mobile. So we want you to give it a try. We've got a special right now. If you, uh, use Mint Mobile and it's, uh, it's real simple. Just go to mintmobile.com slash darkness. You're going to cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month. Mintmobile.com slash darkness. Sign up for your wireless plan. That's unlimited data. Unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 bucks a month, Bruce. Nothing wrong with that. Not saving some that. money everywhere. Look at us. That's right. Saving money everywhere, getting good food, getting good phone service. I'm telling you, just stick with your boys here at Darkness Radio. Oh, Bruiser, Bruiser, Bruiser. You know what? You know what? I know what you're going to do. Yeah. It's nightmare fuel. Yeah, it's nightmare fuel time, buddy. You know, we do this every week. 
Oh, I know. I'm not surprised. It's just, it's nightmares. <laughs> Our listeners can't leave us alone with us either. And that's okay. We don't want you to. If you have a story that you want to send to us, just send it to Tim at darknessradio.com. And you can uh, scare the pants off of us with stories like this. <laughs> I think they like seeing us scared. I think so. Yeah. yeah. By the way, uh, check your bylines, folks, right there at the top of the page. Uh, this one sent to us by a listener about Sparky, the world's first AI-powered robotic dog with musculoskeletal limbs. Look at the sinew on Sparky as he chases you down and bites your wiener off. Yep. Yep. And then, then proceeds to eat your face. See, what? normal puppies will wait till you're dead before they eat you. This one, yeah. just going to eat you. Yeah. Uh, Sparky, by the way, offers open source programming capabilities and is it's simple for consumers to operate with a remote controller app. Oh, sure it is. Until the app doesn't work anymore and Sparky just turns his attention on you and taking a chunk out of your ass. <laughs> or you get that psychopathic friend that thinks it's a good joke to have the dog come up and sniff you in the crotch and the dog's like, no, I'm just going to bite you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, where, let's see, where is this little bitch available? Um, <laughs> in case you're looking for a good prank for someone for all time. Ah, the robotic dog Sparky is available on Kickstarter, allowing consumers the chance to experience pet ownership in the future. Noted the Robotics and Automaton News Report on my doorstep every Thursday at 5.30 a.m. The Hengzhi Future Team, headquarters in China's Guangdong Province, which I think they only named it that so you could laugh at them, is credited with designing Sparky. Is that the name of a movie? The Guangdong <laughs> Province? Yes. You only got it in the back of every video store ever in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. So, yeah, but, but check your bylines, folks. This came out in March. So. Yeah, that's an old. That's a long time ago. Yeah, five, it was, five months ago. That's a that's a that's a dog's age back. <laughs> for uh, the world of AI, that thing probably has full skin, full fur, <laughs> razor sharp teeth. That's right. It's probably already murdered somebody. That's right. But another story that another listener sent us is right on time. I will never, for the life of me, Bruiser, get what people see in a sexy ai automaton i don't i don't either yeah i don't get it i don't social media is fawning over 19 year old influencer mila sophia but she's not real oh gosh yeah mila sophia looks like your average influencer she's 19 years old blonde and has almost a hundred thousand followers on tiktok I don't. There's better things to do, man. Like, come on. The twist is, as you're twisting your knob to her, she doesn't actually exist. No, she doesn't. No. <laughs> Sophia may claim to be from Finland and post bikini pictures from trips to Greece and Bora Bora. But she's what at, a weird country to choose. <laughs> right? Yeah, I cho chose. Like, Finland. Finland? Mm hmm. Like when I think of like beautiful European women, it's it's usually Sweden, yeah. Switzerland, Norway. If I'm feeling real randy, German. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm coming over there to twist your balls. Uh, Finland? Yeah, Finland. I suppose you want to get exotic with it. Um, 
Finland. <laughs> so Finland's exotic. No, I, I don't I think. Guess, uh, I think of exotic vacations. I don't think of Finland. No, no. You don't think of the Ludafis capital of the world? No. Mm. Is that what she's doing? She's eating a. Yeah, she's rubbing lye filled Ludafis all over her cleavage. <laughs> I'm even making the motions for you, Bruiser. I see that. Yeah. That's sexy. Mm hmm. And you're uh, real. You're not AI. Yeah. Well, it's for me to know you to find out. <laughs> I've been an automaton all this time, Bruiser. Um, yeah. So she's posting bikini pics from trips to Greece and Bora Bora, but she's actually a virtual influencer and fashion model generated by her artificial intelligence. Here's a quote from Sophia. Join me on this exhilarating journey as we delve into the captivating fusion of cutting-edge technology and timeless elegance. That's what her website reads. Uh, I'll pass. Let's embark together on an exploration of the intriguing intersection of fashion, technology, and boundless creativity. Yep, still passing. Yep. Sophia isn't new. Her first Instagram post and TikTok upload, <laughs> upload uh, both date back to November of 2022. The content hasn't changed much, although the realism of the images has improved in recent months. Let's, so she's uh, almost a year old. Yeah. Look at her. Good for everybody following a year old AI bot. You effing AI pedophiles. Here's the before and after and what's happened in a year. That's how she looked on the left and when she was it, born and on the right after a year. Don't, yeah, nope. <laughs> yeah, She's wearing a nice dress. Like her dress got better. She's got a slinky little gold number on. <laughs> she she came into some money between the first picture and the second picture. <laughs> yeah, probably about a billion bucks. Uh, whoever runs Sophia's accounts isn't trying to hide the fact that she's an AI creation. There are TikToks of Sophia and Elon Musk together. I'll show you that one in a minute. Uh, Sophia, people showing, gotta remember too that it's probably a dude that invented this. Yeah, yeah, and he's a big. So hairy, really, you're talking to a dude. Big hairy, you're watching a dude. Probably a big hairy dude who doesn't wash his ass. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> I gotta bring down the steam a little bit for some of those yeah, guys out there it's looking a dude around in his right mom's now. basement mm -hmm. that has a polo shirt with a mustard stain on it, wearing Adidas tearaway pants, but the left side of the pants don't button. You know, because yeah, they're broken. I, I got a, I got an Adidas sweatshirt. I mean, take it easy on that for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm talking about, you know, the tearaway, the basketball tearaway pants. Yeah, yeah. I love my Adidas. They're very, they're very. Do you have the tearaway ones? No, no, I, I don't have the pants. I okay, just have... I'm talking the tearaway ones where on the left side the buttons don't snap, so it's always open. Yeah, no, I know, but I, I like the clothing. <laughs> it's very comfortable. All right, we'll go with uh, Fubu. <laughs> I have a Fubu sweatshirt. It's, it's I'm very old. Pants. All right, let's go with uh, Puma. How's okay, that? okay, yeah, I don't own any Puma. Puma. Okay, yeah. Puma. Although it's very cheap at JCPenney. <laughs> That's why the guy's got him. <laughs> okay. Right. He's drinking Code Red, programming this woman. Going, honey, uh, uh, everyone's going to drool over her and, and, and want her, and I'm going to rule the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to rule the world with her. <laughs> I'm going to put her next to Elon. They're going to have a baby. <laughs> then he's going to go, Mom, meatloaf! <laughs> <laughs> now, stat. <laughs> Although if Sophia and Elon have a baby, are they going to name her why? <laughs> As in, <laughs> why am I bothering? Get it? It's an ex-joke. 
There are uh, TikToks of Sophia and Elon Musk. Sophia showing off her office outfit, wearing a lace bra and a blazer. <laughs> oh, I can't wait till I see this. Oh, I just developed the best outfit for her. And even a post where Sophia asks, what are your favorite hashtags for searching images? Hashtag I hate AI. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag 40-something dude in his mom's basement. <laughs> Wearing a polo shirt with a cheese mustard stain on it. Code red bottles all around him. Hashtag mom more meatloaf. <laughs> The captions remind viewers the photos are synthetic images. Eagle-eyed viewers will also spot the telltale sign of AI-generated photos, which is messed which is up. desperation. Yes, desperation, which is messed up fingers, I guess. Oh, AI can't do fingers, huh? No, they're like a Rob Liefeld deal. They can't do feet. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me see if, uh, see if I can get the Elon. They're losing out. a big client base there, the, the hand fetish guys. Yeah. And gals. <laughs> the hand, the finger fetish. Uh, oh, here's a quote from Sophia. I'm always on the grind, learning and evolving through fancy algorithms and data analysis. <laughs> Sophia's website continues. I've got this massive knowledge base programmed into me, keeping me in the loop with the latest fashion trends, industry insights, and all the technological advancements. And Eugene updates me daily. He uploads me. It's how I made her say upload. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it, someday I can't wait to touch a real woman. <laughs> it's not clear who's running Sophia's account or what AI program created her. It's also not clear whether some of her thousands of followers fully understand that she's not real. <laughs> they don't. Because there are a bunch of other Eugene sitting in their mom's basement with cold red bottles laying around them. Mom! I'm going to pause my Mar World of Warcraft. Mom, any juice box. Her comment section on videos and posts are filled with heart, eyes, emojis, and compliments. Mm. Some people seem to genuinely answer her questions. Blue or pink bikini. <laughs> <laughs> While some act like they know her personally, posting comments like, thank you for sending me your beautiful photo to wake up to. My Katamina. It was good seeing you. You, you come back around here, all right? <laughs> you ever get down my way, I'll take you out for chicken fried steak. That's my favorite. You do have teeth, don't you? <laughs> Hashtag no teeth. No teeth, AI. <laughs> What's wrong with your fingers? <laughs> <laughs> Why you got them pretzely fingers? <laughs> Don't reach that with your good arm. Don't touch my cock with your fingerly, fingerly fingers there. <laughs> you might break it. And then Eugene in the basement. Oh, yes. They're fawning over her. Oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> it's a puzzling new turn in the road to AI content futurism reporter Victor Tangerman writes, while deep fake porn has proliferated online, the allure of influencers is arguably more complex if we follow human influencers for a parasocial taste of a glamorous lifestyle. Why would we follow a bot instead is the question. Aside is from AI the new phone sex, do you think? I think so, yeah. It's scary. Yeah. 
Because, like, yeah. people thought when they called the phone sex lines, it was actually a woman sitting in her bedroom in a night negligee, when really it was just a woman sitting in a cubicle with a headset on reading Vogue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scary, scary. Aside from Sophia's bikini-clad picture, she's otherwise not overtly suggestive in her posts. Some virtual influencers play into this, like Luzu, <laughs> who is described as an AI model in Waifu. And has more exaggerated features. You know why she's not doing any sexually suggestive anything? It's because the person that designed her has never had sex before. That could be. So he can't, he can't program it into her. And that and they draw vaginas like octopuses. <laughs> <laughs> Scared the hell out of all those virgins. See, he tried to do it, but all he could get was her instead of her like playing with something. It's just an eggplant emoji. Yeah, that's, that's all it is. The hell is that? Why is there a peach there? <laughs> uh, but sex doesn't necessarily sell with AI influencers. A 2021 report found that AI created influencer Rosie who was created by South Korean company Cytus Studio X in August 2020, secured over 100 sponsorships and endorsements from brands during her first year of existence on Instagram. you got to be kidding me. Yeah. 100 sponsorships? Yeah. Blue Chew is number one. <laughs> Blue Chew. <laughs> by the way, come back, Blue Chew. Yeah, we had so much fun with you. We did. Where would you go? Blue Chew, come back. Yeah, it hasn't been four hours yet. Come on, Blue Chew. I mean, <laughs> come on. I mean, do we have to do we have to become AI guys? Is that the deal? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, we can do AI. I want to start an OnlyFans. That might help us get the Blue Chew back. We could we could be AI cruiser and AI bruiser. I mean, yeah. These days, celebrities are sometimes withdrawn because of school violence. Not school violence, but school. Comma, violence, comma, scandals, comma, or bullying controversies, cited CEO Beck Sung Yep said in a press release celebrating Rosie's success, virtual humans have zero scandals to worry about. Not true, because we've already had stories about a trial, a lawyer being fired because the AI lied about trials. We've had a but that AI was, that was chat G That was ChatGPT, not the... Okay, true. Yeah. We had uh, the AI almost rip off a seven-year-old's finger. We've had the AI that was a, become... That was a robot. <laughs> controlled by the AI, though. And then we had the AI that's racist. Well, again, ChatGPT. <laughs> Which is still AI. Yeah. Just saying. Rosie and Sophia also never age. Oh, oh. 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 Whoa. Whoa. I don't know. Man, women age like fine wine. They do. Like Mrs. Bruiser's, she's mwah, fine wine. There you go. Although that that's kind of that's kind of sexist right there, on uh, the, the the AI part right there. I'm just saying because they don't grow old. Yeah, they're 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 getting a little they're getting a little. Aged. You know what's sexist? It's only female AI bots. Yeah. Like, we don't, how come they don't have like a big beard bellied missing tooth AI bot who just gives you reviews of tools? Yeah. <laughs> with, with with three inches of swing and death. That well, exactly. where's that guy? Where's that guy, yeah. huh? Yeah. 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 Hey, we don't have a Billy Bob out there. Yeah, there's no Billy Bob with a 
showing you how the monster trucks work or how yeah. the NASCAR results. The short dick in a John Deere tractor. There's no, exactly. no guy out there, huh? Yeah. yeah. Where's he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where's Vinny? Vinny from New York. Yeah. Hey, gives you, gives you, gives you uh, wife beater reviews. Yeah. Go with the Haynes. Out there in an IROC. <laughs> Just saying. Fast and warrant. Uh, Rosie and Sophia also never aged says here can go anywhere and do anything and provide their work in less time than a human would. And depending on how monetization works for virtual influencers for much less money, they're saying so. So that's, that's a story there. I'm not going to get into the other specifics as far as social media and AI influencers, but that's, that's it. And that's that. Um, Let's see here. I had a third a third, a third story here, Bruiser. Great. I saved the creepiest for last. Imagine if you were, Bruiser. Let's rewind a little bit to your hip surgery. Okay. Your doc says to you, well, either I can do the surgery, or I've got these little tiny robots that are going to go in, open you up, and do it for me. Nope. Doctor, please. Well, the latter is soon to become the former. Oh, no. That's right. Little tiny robots are now going to crawl inside the human body to perform laser surgery. No. Scientists say they've developed fully functional miniature robots that can go deep inside the human body to perform ultra-precise laser surgery in a medical innovation similar to on-screen portrayals from science fiction. Controlled by magnetic fields, the tiny worm-like robotic surgeons were recently demonstrated traveling deeper inside a human cadaver's lungs than is possible with current state-of-the-art surgical instruments. One of the researchers behind the achievement says that there are a number of organs and systems, the incredible microbots, yeah, I played with those once, (laughs) microbots, uh, can get inside to perform similar pinpoint explorations and surgeries. In some of the more utopian science fiction of the middle 20th century, medicine has advanced to the point that nearly all diseases and ailments have a treatment, if not an outright cure. Some of these futuristic cures involve genetically engineered super drugs, blasts of art or scientific sounding rays, or even an injection of alien blood. However, seemingly the most common therapy of the future envisioned by TV writers, movie directors, and novelists involve injecting minuscule robots into the human body and letting them go to work. Now, a team of researchers says they have moved this idea from science fiction to science fact by designing the first pair of tiny surgical robots that can literally go anywhere that no surgeon has gone before. In an email to the publication The Debrief, Professor Pietro Valdastri Uh, director of the Storm Lab and research supervisor said that the robots themselves are made of a biocompatible plastic or silicone with magnetic particles embedded inside them. The first part is significant so the human body doesn't have a negative reaction to the otherwise foreign objects operating inside the body. However, it is the precision placement of the embedded magnet particles that allow the two worm-like robots to maneuver independently. 
Normally, two magnets placed closely together would attract each other, creating a challenge for the researchers. The press release announcing the breakthrough process explains. They overcome it by designing the bodies of the tentacles in a way that they can bend only in specific directions and by relocating the north and south poles in each magnetic robot tentacle. This sounds creepy. This uh, is going to suck when they leave one in there. Because how many times do you hear about a doctor forgetting like a scalpel on somebody? Oh, and, yeah. like They get sick. What's going to happen with these? They're just going to eat your insides? Well, we're about to find out. A pair of magnetic devices operating outside the human body can generate fields strong enough to cause the robots to maneuver deeper inside the lungs and even the most advanced equipment. And by moving independently, one of the robots can carry a camera to assist surgeons, while the second robot can guide a surgical laser with extreme precision. Oh, this doesn't sound good. No, not at all. No. Uh, when asked how a robot that is only two millimeters in diameter can carry a laser, Valdostri told the debrief, the source of the laser is external, but the laser light is sent to the tip of the magnetic tentacle via an optic fiber. So laser energy is delivered at the tip of the tentacle directly on the target. In a video released by researchers, the pair of miniature robots are seen navigating deep into the lungs of a human a cadaver. Uh, this is significant, they note, because lung cancer that often requires surgery has the highest mortality rate of any cancer worldwide. Still, when asked by the debrief if the miniature robots can work in other areas of the body besides the lungs, they said there were a number of biological systems that would accommodate these microsurgeons perfectly. Yikes. This is terrifying. Yeah. Um, they're talking about using this for the brain, the pancreas, the bladder, and other body cavities that are accessible through a narrow <laughs> lumen. They can keep their worm away from my body cavities. <laughs> the cardiovascular system, by the way, is also another potential district of use. So they could use it on your heart. Uh, let me see. What are they, how do they say they actually get these out? Um, I'm just kind of trying to scan ahead and see how they get these out. It doesn't say. <laughs> so they do stay in you. and They just die off and you poop them out. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I can't think about this anymore. We need to move on. Otherwise, I'm going to have nightmares about these things tonight. It's going to oh, be. Yeah. It's going to be like um, uh, what's his name? Uh, who did the sledgehammer video? I'm going to be seeing these little claymation oh, robots yeah, yeah, yeah. up in my sphincter. Sledgehammer. Mm -hmm. Peter Gabriel. That's what it was. It's going to be a, one big Peter Gabriel video in my dreams tonight of <laughs> little robots in my orifices doing surgery. Yeah. <laughs> I can't handle it. Still hot. And then you're going to poop them out. I guess. Uh, I, I don't think it, it works that way. I don't think so either. No. I think they have to call him back like Rover. They have to call him by name. <laughs> I just picture the doctor sitting over you like he's texting someone while the worms are doing their thing. And it's time to get out. He puts on a catcher's glove and just starts whistling. <laughs> <laughs> Come, on. Come on, robot. Uh, let's move on to a, a ch another chilling story, if you will. Okay. Ready, ready for this one? Yep. 
We are going to Gillespie, Illinois. I'm sorry, Car- Carlinville, Illinois. A Gillespie man was sentenced to 60 years in the Illinois Department of Corrections for his role in the death of his mother in 2019. They're okay. saying that um, he was under spiritual attack when this happened. 30- so is this almost like a devil made me do it situation? Yeah. Like, um, oh, what's his name? The... They made a movie about it. You know what I'm talking about, right? Where they, yep. they did the exorcism on the kid. Yep. And it went to the, the brother-in-law. Yeah. Kind he of. killed the landlord. Yeah. Yeah. 39-year-old Clinton Sanders was ordered into the custody of the Illinois Department of Human Services for a period not to exceed, exceed 60 years by the Honorable Joshua A. Meyer. On May 24th, 2023, a bench trial was held in front of the Honorable Joshua A. Meyer on one count a first-degree murder. At trial, the state proved beyond a reasonable doubt that the defendant had murdered his mother, Sandra Sanders. It was shown that on December 15, 2019, a welfare check was conducted at the residence of Sanders. She was found outside of the residence, barely responsive, under a, a deck behind the house. No, okay. Yeah. Sandra was taken to Carlinville Area Hospital while receiving medical treatment. She identified her son, Clinton Sanders, as the individual who had harmed her. A forensic pathologist report determined that Sandra died of blunt force trauma. Gillespie Police Chief Jared DePop uh, testified that he had made contact with Clinton on December 16th of 2019, where Clinton repeated claims that he was under spiritual attack and was making little sense. Chief DePop conducted a videotaped interview, which was admitted into evidence. In the video, Clinton was initially alone in the room, carrying on conversations as if others were there. During the interview, Clinton stated that a demonic force had taken over his body during the incident. Multiple times during the interview, Clinton directed invisible people to talk to Chief DePop. A commitment hearing was held on Wednesday where the state proved that Clinton's mental illness posed a threat or the threat of Clinton causing serious physical harm to himself or others. Judge Meyer ordered Mr. Sanders into the custody of the Illinois Department of Human Services for a period not to excess of 60 years from the date of the homicide, which set his maximum out date at December 16th of 2079. Wow, that's crazy. Well, yeah, it is. Actually. Yeah. 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 And it's it's such a fine line between mental illness and possession. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, most most definitely. We move on to a family's birthday party that was interrupted by a possible poltergeist. No, the poltergeist just wants to party. Yeah, they party all the time, just like Eddie Murphy. Yep. Uh, He just wanted to be part of the festivities, the family says. A poltergeist is a term for ghostly presence that makes itself known by moving objects around. It comes from two German words, poltern, which is meant to make a disturbance, and geist, which means ghost. Most people know this obscure term for a type of German ghost now thanks to the famous series of poltergeist movies from the 1980s. There, the creepy entities did more than stack chairs and float things around a room. They stole a little girl, Carol Ann, and the family of the home had to fight, rather, to get her back. Which is why we're a bit nervous to see the video of this particular poltergeist. We'll post it, actually, on the description of the show barging in on a child's birthday celebration in this video 
which portrays a rather gloomy little celebration. Family members gather in a kitchen to videotape the cutting of the birthday cake, as you would normally tape. Yep. Uh, just then, the sink turns off. Soon, everything is moving around, with drawers flying open and cabinets shaking off their hinges. Whoever is filming continues to do so, uh, even as children scream and every human in the room starts to run. <laughs> we out. <laughs> That's it. I'm gone. Party's over, kids. Time to go home. The uh, guy says to get up in the morning. Get out of here. That's right. That takes some presence of mind, it says here, I think, to keep filming through all of that. Either that or they knew it was coming. After all, the initial filming was not in a good spot to get the cake or the birthday girl, but it was in perfect position to catch any shenanigans that went on with the sink. And though what happened seemed to, enough to terrify the small child they seemingly drag into this, the parents seem pretty calm about what is happening. The quote is, oh, no, we should have done this at your house, one says ruefully. <laughs> yeah, I hate it when the ghost that lives in my home causes so much damage we have to decide to have dessert at Grandpa's instead. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's exactly how real <laughs> humans would respond to a haunting. <laughs> Mostly we feel bad for the little girl. She seems truly frightened, and that's not right for anyone to do, ghosts or pranksters. If um, it was a hoax, those are some dick parents. <laughs> right? Yeah. We decided. Like, oh, we'll get little Betsy. Watch. <laughs> we decided we wanted to have a, a, a poltergeist birthday for you. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll post this one as well. Buddy, you wanted a surprise party. <laughs> yeah, surprise. It's a ghostesses. Um, this next story, you know, there's all kinds of scams out there, Bruiser. Oh, yeah, of course. And people fall for all kinds of things. But if a scammer... Wait, there isn't a Nigerian prince that wants to give me a million dollars? No, no, they're not. Oh, damn it. No. Uh, but when someone comes to you posing as God, do you <laughs> really believe that one? I don't know. God's on Twitter, so... <laughs> Well, true, but do you really believe it's God? No. No, I don't. Mm -mm, mm -mm. This scammer is posing as God and asks a woman for deposits at the Bank of Heaven. <laughs> heaven has a bank, huh? I guess so. So we do need money in the afterlife, huh? I guess we do. I guess you should start saving now. I guess so. It comes with us, huh? Yeah. A Spanish man stands accused of taking advantage of an overly religious old woman by posing as her lord and savior and asking her to deposit money at his church of heaven. This guy's going to hell. He is, in a handbasket. Uh, could you say no to God is the question? Well, if he called you directly to ask for a favor, could you still turn him down? Esperanza, an elderly woman from Lyon in northwestern Spain, could not refuse God when he called her on the telephone and told her to put her savings in his church of heaven because it offered her better interests than earthly ones. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I mean that. First literally. of all, God calling you on the cell phone. I'm sure God's going to go a different route if he wants. Because they always say the Lord works in mysterious ways. A cell phone call is not a mysterious way. Right, right. Hello, Estrella. Or Esperanza. I'm sorry, it's not Estrella. It's on Esperanza. Esperanza, it's a me, God. I got a question for you. How much do you bank give you for savings? <laughs> we can give you the 15% there. Wow, that's generous. I'd even do it for a scam. 
fifteen percent. I was going to say a seven, but you know, because uh, seven. Well, we're God. We're God. Well, seven percent's a pretty generous. But you want to be like, wow, God is so generous. He is a generous. Seven percent is a pretty generous. <laughs> Why are you Italian? Well, because you know the Vatican's in Rome. <laughs> so God's Italian. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, you know. He's okay. A, he's a loan shark. <laughs> a cheap one. If he's only grade seven. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta give me one of these. There you go. <laughs> so. <laughs> the Vatican's in Rome. <laughs> yeah. I can't argue with you either. Like yeah, that's the whole point. I can't argue. It's, it's a good logic point. Yeah. It is strong logic point too. What's what's the saying? If you can't wow him with brilliance, baffle him with bullshit. That's right. That's right. So the um, so the woman never once suspected that she was being scammed. I don't know why. Uh, she was convinced that she was a chosen. She was a chosen of the virgin long before receiving the call. I want to know how many people great... this guy. How many people call? He this guy called before he got her. In you know, this is God, blah blah blah. Hang up. Hey, this is God, blah blah blah. Hang up. Hey, this is God, blah blah blah. Oh, you're interested. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have never gotten this far. All right. <laughs> so Esperanza thinks she's a chosen of the Virgin. I got to think that's the opening line of the the telemarketing oh, call. Oh yeah. Is this a Esperanza? Uh, yeah, Esperanza. This is a God. I got to tell you, uh, you're a chosen of the Virgin. How do you know? I got a great uh, opening introductory rate. Seven percent for you. Seven percent. Oh, thank heaven for Seven Eleven. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I just I think that's poor lady. This poor woman. I think that's probably the opening the opening uh, line. Uh, so. She thinks that she's a chosen of the Virgin long before receiving the call, so getting a direct call from the Almighty didn't really seem all that strange to her. Over six years, Esperanza followed God's instructions and deposited... Six years? Six years. Over six years, Bruiser, how much did she deposit in euros in a small drawer at a local convenience store? Yeah, I know. That's probably not the place where God would want you to deposit, but <laughs> follow me here. How much in euros did she deposit in six years? I'm going to say 300,000 euros. That's 60,000 a year, right? Oh, my God. What, I got it? Yes. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, because you're like six years, six times. Okay, yeah. Yes. <laughs> But, but yes, over six years, that's 50,000 euro <laughs> per year. Per year yeah, yeah. Wow. How did you know that? I was just going off of like what she, she probably on social security. She's probably making this much a year. She's, you know, he's not telling her to tie. So she's just giving it all to him in that little convenience store. How would you like to be that convenience store clerk? Every time you open up a drawer, there's 50,000 euros in there. Wow. So, and she was convinced the money would end up at a heavenly church. Oh, you know how I knew? God called me too. I guess. <laughs> Just now. Yeah. He's yep, like, God called me. And I said, hey, you know, I'm good, God. I'm, I don't need the interest rate. It's a little, little low for me. 
It's a little low. I, I can't hang with seven. If you had maybe 15. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, you're going to negotiate. Yeah, you do. You really do. You're going to say 15. He's going to say seven. You'll meet at 11. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, God should know how to eat, but he hung up, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the victim in this bizarre case suffers from religious mystical delusions. No shit, Sean. Yeah, really? <laughs> in 2013, she somehow became convinced that she was a saint chosen by the Virgin herself. It is believed that the scammer, the owner of a local shop who knew about the woman's <laughs> beliefs, took advantage of her extreme religiousness to fill, her own, to fill their own pockets. Uh, I have been a saint since 2013, Esperanza told reporters. On a car trip, I felt hands on my shoulders, and when I got home, they took me to the bathroom. There on the mirror. Normally after a trip, I go to the bathroom too. <laughs> yeah, we all do. We, we, we've been traveling for a while, so we go to the bathroom. Uh, there on the mirror, it was written in letters of blood. I am the virgin. Here I have shed all my blood. My daughter, you are a saint. Wipe it with the sponge. <laughs> A.K.A. it was her grandson when cleaned the freaking house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when the elderly woman first received God's phone call in 2013, well, she wasn't that surprised. Uh, he told her to start depositing her money into a checking account of God at the Bank of Heaven. She was promised better interest than that offered by earthly banks, as well as the possibility to build herself a house in heaven with the money saved. To ask Can you God. imagine the teller opening that account? So, yeah, what's the name of that account? Uh, it's God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? Uh God, G O D, God. Well, actually, oh, the, the name would be what? Esperanza. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, Esperanza. Uh, Saint Esperanza. <laughs> yeah. To you, I mean, you know. And and the only people that can access the account is you. Well, uh, God and uh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, okay. And maybe a few saints. Yeah. Yeah. If you're sharing the wealth. Uh, to Esperanza, this sounded like a great idea and a, an even better deal. So she, she thought she was all in. From 2013 to 2019, the elderly woman dis deposited all of her savings in a small drawer at a local convenience store. Nothing shady about that. Nothing at all. Uh, operated by a man who now stands accused of scamming her. She used up all of her savings and took out two bank loans to please the almighty. <laughs> now, Esperanza, what do you need this bank loan for? For God. <laughs> oh, you're going to donate to your church? No, no, no. I'm giving it straight to God. You don't understand. Oh. I'm getting a great rate here. Yeah, like, you're what's your rate for this loan? Yeah, I'm beating that rate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm getting 7%. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, she used up all her savings, took out two bank loans. No one, not even her children, knew about the deal with God. <laughs> and why would you? I mean, it's between you and God. As the scammer allegedly threatened to kill her family if she told anyone. Because <laughs> that's what God would do. Yeah. So God's like, I will smite thee. Yeah. If you like tell when I go back and read the Bible, isn't that exactly what he told Moses? Yeah. You share these, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And your family. Because you're getting such a great rate here. Yeah. Yeah. God is supposed to have unlimited power. So Esperanza heeded the warning. Her kids only found out about it when they learned that her savings account was empty. <laughs> That's because they hadn't been getting Christmas gifts for the last six years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The suspect in this case, 
still insists that he is innocent, but prosecutors allegedly have evidence of him taking advantage of Esperanza by posing as God and faking his voice during phone calls with the woman. His trial has recently started, and the prosecution has asked for eight years in prison for the defendant. You heard uh, who the star witness is, right? No, who's that? God. They're calling him to the stand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they have. And finally today, folks, on Supernatural News. All right. The world's oldest man, Jose Polino Gomez, has died at age 127. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's old. I don't want to be that old. Well, you know what the secret is, Bruiser? Beer. Yeah, a little drink. Yep. You put, uh, he's, he's putting down his long life to having a little drink. And that's what that's it is. The world's oldest woman, they asked her, and she says it's because she drinks beer every day. There you go, see? Little drinky poo. Little, yeah. little something, something. So I am going to last a long time, aren't I? Yeah. I mean, my first name's Beer. Yeah. <laughs> Me? I, I'm going to die tomorrow, because I... <laughs> I no, I'm no, not, I'm because not a, you, you made your payment to God. You're good. Oh, yeah, that's right. I... I put my 350,000 euros in yesterday at 7%. <laughs> funny, I just had to go up to the uh, Casey's up here and I yeah, put it yeah. in a drawer. Yeah, yeah. Funny. And you had to give it to, to Jesus, the cashier. Yeah, yeah, who knew? I said, Jesus Christ, he said, you're close, but it goes in that drawer right over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's going to my dad, not, not, not me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the world's oldest man has died at age 127 in Brazil. Oh, I I know what kept him alive. My, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that time of year when all the girlies in the bikinis are uh, parading around, isn't it? They they don't have Mardi Gras there. What do they call it? It's um, in Brazil. Yeah. It's the uh, Carnival. Carnival. That's it. Yeah. 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 I'd love to be 127 too. Yeah. Yeah. All those. it's weird too because he married his 27 year old wife. There's like literally a hundred year. There's like. Literally a century between the two of them. Yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> keeps you young. Uh, Jose Polino Gomez, allegedly born on August fourth, eighteen ninety five. He almost made it to one twenty eight. Wow. Yeah. Leaves behind seven children, twenty five grandchildren, forty two great grandchildren, and eleven great great grandchildren. Dang, that's a lot. That is a ton. That family reunion is huge. Yeah, it is. Christmas time has got to be expensive for him. Well, it was. Oh, unless you go to the dollar store. <laughs> Still, it's expensive. Well, it wouldn't cost you any more than, well, let's tally it up here. Twenty-five forty-two is uh, 67 at 11. 78 bucks. Plus his kids. No, that's everybody. That's everybody. That's everybody. Okay, so still, seventy-eight bucks on his his uh, pension. Because think about it, he his pension. So he probably retired in like nineteen twenty something. Mm-hmm. No, that'd make him thirty. Nineteen fifty something. He retired. His pension can't be that big. Well, he married at the age of twenty-two in nineteen seventeen. See, look. We'll so figure, you, go to 19, you go to 1950, he's in his about retirement age. We'll figure it out here in a second. 
I love how we're breaking down this guy's life. We're, we're getting we're getting ahead of ourselves here. He passed away on July 28th at his home in Minas Gerais, uh, Brazil. He died of old age. Yeah, I think so. Well, he didn't get hit by a car. I know that much. He wasn't out driving around. Uh, he reportedly put his long life down to enjoying a little drink. That was his. That was his quote. Uh, Jose was born before the death of Queen Victoria, the Wright brothers' first flight, and the discover of X-rays. Wow. Look at that. That's amazing. Isn't it? According to Cartorio, or Cartorio Silva, the sole registry office in his hometown, Pedra Bonita, Jose married in 1917 at age 22. It is presumed that he was indeed born before 1900, legal advisor William Jose Rodriguez de Souza said. If true, Jose would have been the oldest known person in the world. The current official record holder, according to the Guinness World Records, is Spain's Maria Brañas Morera, who's age 115. That's the beer lady. Yeah. Here in the countryside, people are usually registered when they are older. Jose's granddaughter, Elena uh, Ferreira told local media. There are several cases with incorrect documentation, but his documentation showed he was younger than he actually was. There was a lady nearby who was 98 years old. She says she knew him when he was just a boy. That's when we became curious to confirm his age and looked up the registry office to find out what was correct. He was definitely over 100 years old, at least 110. Now we need to know how it will be recorded on the death certificate. Elaine, Elena said her grandfather uh, was very simple and a very humble man. His uniqueness was that he didn't like anything industrialized, only things from the countryside and natural. Okay. Yeah. He raised chickens, pigs. His food was all from here. Had to be grown or raised here. He always liked to have a little drink, she said. Fabiola Oliveira, also Jose's granddaughter, revealed that he was riding horses until four years ago. Oh, wow. Told you he didn't get killed by driving a car. Well, uh, the Queen's husband, Prince uh, uh, Andrew, was driving cars at 99. See, that could have killed him. Well, I, I agree. <laughs> Riding a horse can kill you. Being well, 127 can kill you. <laughs> Just getting out of bed at that point could kill you. Four years ago, he stopped riding horses. She said for about a month he was in bed. He will leave behind many stories and memories for all of us. Jose's family says his cause of death was multiple organ failure, likely due to his old age. He was laid to rest at the Corrigo dos Fialos Cemetery in Pedro Bonita on July 29th. It's not clear if Guinness World Records are looking into the claims. Oh, what that that's not really a horse. He was on a donkey. I have a picture of it right here. He's... See That's can, why he's alive. He lived that long. Yeah. See, hold on a second. You're going to shrink this down enough so you can see it. But he's he's on a donkey. He's not on a horse. That's a burl. Yep. Yeah, it's a burl. It's, it's, a, it's the same one his granddaughter got caught with at that bar. <laughs> Just saying. So, yeah. Rest in peace to Jose Polino Gomez. 128. I got a picture of him here having his little drink. His pants look like they're four sizes too big. Oh my, he looks like death. 
<laughs> he looks like the he, Grim Reaper. He looks like he should be sitting on someone's front porch at Halloween with a candy bowl in his lap, and you don't know if he's real or fake, and he, then he moves. He looks like the Brazilian Undertaker. He does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was terrifying. <laughs> he looks like the old guy from Poltergeist, but scarier. He does. He looks like the old preacher, doesn't he? Yeah, but scarier. Don't, like, don't keep showing me. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like the old preacher from Poltergeist. What's Amish hat? I don't know. Well, he's got to keep the sun Would out of his Stop showing He's got to keep the sun off terrified. his body. <laughs> he's terrified. The sun would have disintegrated him. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. I See, look at him. Okay, yeah. Black hair. Ooh, <laughs> scary old man again. Look at him again. I see. <laughs> he's, but he's having a drink. I figured you would have enjoyed that. I mean, the no, he's, I, I enjoy the drink, but he's a terrifying old man. Look at the empty eyes as he's drinking there. Look at I the, know. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Bruza, look at me. Like, I don't think he's seen the Bruza. sun since 1917. Bruza, Bruza. <laughs> Every time you do that, it's just his crotch getting close to the camera. He <laughs> like that, right? It's like, take a look at my old cock, Bruza. <laughs> <laughs> It hasn't worked in 75 years. <laughs> that pump hasn't produced anything since 1917. Thank God for Blue Chew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come back, Blue Chew. <laughs> that thing's been pumping dust since the Kaiser was removed from office. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Aw. Poor little man. See, he's not scaring me anymore. I just see, I mean, I see death in his eyes, but. <laughs> Jose. Oh, Jose, can you see that bruiser is scared? He just looks like a Halloween decoration. He does. That is a colorful couch, so let me tell you. Yeah, that couch is like very vibrant. <laughs> it's like he's he's got the, you know how you, when you go over to your great, 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 great grandparents' house, like Jose here. And yeah. he's he's got like the the throw blanket on the couch. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's got way, you, way too you, many flowers on it. Do you think he it? smelled like what type of old person do you think he smelled like like Bengay and Vicks, or do you think he smelled like cough syrup or just farts? He smelled like, like grave. Because <laughs> like old people have that smell, those significant smells. You he's, know what I mean? Yeah, he smelled like mothballs, like grease, mothballs, and donkey. <laughs> so he smelled <laughs> like. <laughs> He was riding a donkey everywhere. He smelled like mothballs, ass, and donkey. <laughs> and death. And death, yeah. He, he smelled what... God's beetle, man. He, he smelled like what the veil smells like. <laughs> he's, like he's like, stop making fun of me, Bruza. Bruza. Oh, look at my crotch. Gonna haunt my dreams. <laughs> he bangs. He bangs. You're gonna, you're gonna put a picture of him in the the description of the show, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think I will for the promo. I'm gonna use his picture. <laughs> put him on the big rib with us. <laughs> <laughs> put him on the what? Put him on the big rib with us. <laughs> I'm just sipping. Yep. <laughs> 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 oh boy yeah he is one surly bastard isn't he <laughs> yeah now you got me saving his image 
<laughs> well, it's already saved in my head right now. <laughs> Image burned in my brain. <laughs> so, is that a bottle of vodka? Are you happy to see me? <laughs> it's just he's got a he's got a bottle and he's just sipping out of it. He's those dead cold eyes staring ahead. Yeah, that's the scary part. <laughs> like his face is pure white. It, it, you could color balance on his face. Exactly. Yeah, you color balance the camera he's, on his he's face. He's as white as uh, Marlon Brando was in Island of Dr. Moreau, and that was all like sunscreen and paint. <laughs> he makes he makes Nosferatu look like George Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> Boy, that's an old joke. That that joke is older than Jose. <laughs> that's because George Hamilton's older than Jose. Ah, <laughs> uh, I think that's it for today. I'm I'm tapped out. I got none. Ah, <laughs> uh, anywho, folks, tomorrow on the big show, our guest is MC Henry. And no, they didn't put him in the mix. <laughs> I know you're saying, hey, MC Henry, isn't he the guy with the really big pants and went from side to side and sang, can't can't you can't touch can't this? Stop this. Yeah, you can't touch this. <laughs> no, MC Henry is the author of the Illustrated Guide to Fermi's Paradox, Why We Don't Observe Alien Life Throughout the Universe. It's a fantastic paradox. It is a it's one of the best paradoxes ever out there. <laughs> yes, it is. We're bringing them in because we're going to talk a little bit more about this alien thing and the the uh, hearings we had on Capitol Hill last week about the Aero conferences and about why all of a sudden we've switched. We did a 180. Scientists yep. used to believe that Alien life didn't exist out in the universe. Why all of a sudden have we taken this turn? Why all of a sudden do we believe, not only believe, but all of a sudden all this evidence is out there that not only have aliens existed, but they've been on this planet. They, they keep coming to this planet. What's the big deal about aliens? We're going to explore that tomorrow with MC Henry right here on the program. So that's the big program for tomorrow. All right. Exciting. Yeah. Uh, Bruiser, AML Wrestling. Yep, AML Wrestling. Come train with me if you want to learn to be a wrestler. It's AMLWrestling.com. You can watch us on uh, Title Match Network. I'm producing shows now, but if you go to the Title Match Network for $9.99 a month, you can go in the archives if you want to see me wrestle. There you but go. Yeah, that's what I guys got training next week's when I start back uh, autograph signings and producing and stuff. So There you go. So recovery's still going good. Doing fantastic, walking more. Back to the grind, like that's why I'm so tired. You gotta get used to doing it again. <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. Want to remind you guys one more time of our sponsors, Factor. Factor. Check out factormeals.com slash darkness50. Get 50% off those delicious meals. Chef made. They are chef made, heated, and ready to eat. Uh they're fresh meals, folks. It's it's not anything you have to prepare. They come prepared. They are delicious. You've got some great, great meals uh, waiting for you. And you, you sign up for them on a weekly basis. Um, again, stuff like cheesy bacon ranch shredded chicken, 
uh, those oh, oh, those strawberry pancakes. My God, uh, just some of the the best meals that you can get. Uh, you can sign up for different types of meals: Carb Smart, Protein Plus, Keto, whatever type of plan you want to be on. But again, freshly prepared by chefs, and just awesome, awesome meal prep. I can't wait. And then also Mint Mobile. Uh, check out Mint Mobile. Uh, $15 a month, unlimited talk, text, and uh, data. And they work off of T-Mobile Towers. So you're getting excellent phone service. Excellent phone service for just $15 a month. By all means, folks, sign up for it right now. Go to mintmobile.com slash darkness. Mintmobile.com slash darkness. And sign up for the program. $15 a month for unlimited right now, but you got to hurry and do it right now. That's a a limited time offer. I'm using it right now and I'm getting great service. And it's a great idea. If you have a kid too, that hasn't had a cell, they just need their first cell phone. Yeah. And you can see if they're responsible enough to take care of it. You just go get them a mint mobile for 15 bucks a month. That way if something happens to it, it's 15 bucks. That's right. Mintmobile.com slash darkness, 15 bucks a month. Why not? Give it a shot. Give it a shot. Using T-Mobile Towers, you're saying to yourself, how do you do it for 15 bucks a month? Simple. No brick and mortar stores. Everything is activated. eSIM or SIM card, they mail out the stuff to you, or you you activate it right right over the uh, computer, right over the internet. And I'm I'm using, like I said, I got my my phone right here, right now, using it right now. And... uh, it's it's so good. It's just I can't I can't rave about it enough. It's uh it's such good service. And it's Ryan Reynolds, man. Deadpool. Yeah, he owns the joint. So he's putting his name behind it and it's it's uh not only behind it, he's putting his money behind it too. But such good service. Such good service. And and you're you're not gonna be disappointed. You're absolutely gonna love it. So check it out. Mint Mobile and Factor. If you're confused as to where to go after us telling you where to go with this stuff, uh, check out darknessradioshow.com and our sponsors, and there'll be links there so you can check them out there. Again, MC Henry on the program tomorrow. Thank you so much for being a great listener. We appreciate you guys more than you know. Send your parashare stories in to Tim at darknessradio.com or go to darknessradioshow.com. Click on that blue button. Leave us a two-minute voice note. For Beer City Bruiser, I'm Tim Dennis. Join us again tomorrow for the best in paranormal podcasting. This is Darkness Radio.